Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're really glad to have you listening to this episode of the podcast, right? Nathan, That's absolutely we, right. We love when people yes. listen to the podcast. Otherwise, we're just... We're just talking into the void. <laughs> We're just making stuff up for ourselves, which we don't want to do. We do this podcast for you, the student ministry leader. So leave us a rating and review. Tell us what you think. We want to continually improve the podcast for something that uh, is valuable for you. It also, when you leave a rating and review, helps people find the podcast as they search for it on their platform. All right. Uh, I'm Ben Trueblood. You already heard the voice of the one and only producer, Nathan. What's up? So we're here together. That's right. Uh, and In person. We, again. We gotta, yeah. We're, this we're is, on a streak. This is a theme. This is oh, I like a theme. Uh, we've also got a guest with us today that I'm going to take just a second to introduce you to. Uh, and we're going to have a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that today we have Sam Landreth. Uh, with us. So Sam grew up in Hendersonville, Tennessee, married to Katie. They have a baby boy uh, just born at the at the recording of this podcast just a few months ago. So we're we're still on low sleep, Sam. So we're we're still we're still in that zone. Haven't, right? haven't slept in months. <laughs> haven't slept in months. <laughs> hey, surviving by coffee and Celsius. Here we go. I love it. I love it. Just don't mix the two. That's a dangerous, That's dangerous game. Uh, so Sam played football and basketball in college, graduated from Lee University uh, with a business management degree, went on to South uh, Southeastern Seminary, where he uh, graduated with a master's of arts and Christian ministry, currently pursuing a doctorate from Southeastern as well. Sam was a youth pastor at Thompson Station Church before moving into his role of next gen pastor, where he oversees preschool through high school ministry. Uh, Sam preaches 12 to 16 times a year at Thompson Station, as well as camps, Disciple Now events, and various other things. He's passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus. He's a diehard Tennessee fan. You, uh, That's right. a lot to talk I about. I just want to point out That's that right. we are 9-1 right now. <laughs> and, and, and right now on the podcast, I'm going to prophesy that we will be in the college football playoffs. All right? Oh, so okay. we're going to get in. We're going to be one of the top four, and, uh, and we're going to make it happen. Probably deserved. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I think top four is a is a reasonable thing for this year. Also enjoys duck hunting, playing golf in his free time. Uh, Sam, man, we've known each other for a while. This is a it's it's a joy to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being willing to give some time today. Hey, thanks thanks so much for having me, guys. Glad to glad to be here. So one of the things that we wanted to Sam talk to you about. Um, so you were the youth pastor there at your church, moved into the next gen role. Um, you are leading a team of, of people that have both been in ministry for a while and really young. And I would probably say, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I, I, I I'm going to set it up and then you can say, no, Ben, I feel like you're wrong there. And we, we can go from there, but, uh, you've been given in your life, a lot of ministry opportunities just along the way that you'd probably look at and say, man, I, I was given that opportunity not quite ready for it yet, but had to step into leadership and really and really start learning as you led. I'd love for you to respond to that. Tell me if I'm wrong, but that is my, as I've watched and viewed and known you, uh, that kind of sticks out to me as like, hey, Sam's somebody that's been given a lot of responsibility and has to kind of, and has had to learn as he's gone a little bit. No, you're uh, you're absolutely right on that. Um, there's been um, I really since I stepped kind of into full time ministry, there's always kind of been that um, every time the opportunity came, 
there was always kind of that thought in the back of your mind of, of, Hey, I'm really not ready for this. I really don't have the experience for this. Um, how's this going to turn out? Even though the, the door is opening, um, even here, when I came to be the youth pastor, uh, I was 23 years old and I was, um, I was just engaged. So I was here for about eight months without my wife mm. and, uh, had a team where, um, a lot of people, well, pretty much the whole team was older than me. Um, people were married. And, uh, and then of course you've got all the parents, uh, yeah. that you're, uh, talk to and, and they're thinking, what have we done? And I always laugh because I, I give our pastor a hard time. I'm like, what were y'all thinking? I had never been a youth pastor before. I was not married. I had no kids. I had no experience. And yet they hired me to come in and be the full-time uh, lead youth pastor here with, uh, with several people underneath that had had plenty of experience and were married and, and, and end up having kids and different things like that. <laughs> Man, I, I have said that same thing to of how I started. But I, if I could go and just ask the pastor of that, like, what were you thinking? Because I, I, I clearly was not ready and would go back and do so many things differently. So this topic is really close to my heart because I think a lot of student pastors start the way that, that you just articulated and, and what was my experience. It is a generally you start when you're young. You don't have kids or your kids are young. So you've not parented teenagers before and you don't have much ministry experience at all. And so this conversation of how to lead with little experience, I think is a really important lesson for, for student pastors listening to this show. It's like, yeah. th this is a situation that you're going to find yourself in. Yeah. So, Sam, what did you what are some things you learned along the way about leadership? So like some biggest leadership lessons from just kind of having to jump in and say, OK, let's do this. Yeah, I would say um, even coming here in that role um, is trying to think through, you know, even though you have that fear and that unknown and thinking, I'm not ready, I'm not experienced, but but knowing uh, that you have a piece that God has called you to do it. Um, then I, I would say you don't have to come in and act like you know it all. Um, you know, it, it's okay to come in and say, Hey, um, here's where I know I have strengths. Here's where I know I can do certain things, but then, Hey, there's a lot I don't know. And so then what lay leaders are in the church that can help you? What, what staff can help you? What mentors? I mean, for me, the, the good thing that I had was several people who had been in youth ministry and had done a really good job, you know, people like Brian Mills and Jeff Lovingood. And I was going to pick up the phone and I was going to call them about every situation, about every scenario to ask, Hey, what do I do in this situation? And, but, but I think the biggest thing that guys do too, like for me, I wanted to get here and we had kind of been in a situation where just the youth ministry had gone through a rough time. And so I was kind of stepping into some, some rough waters. There was a lot of, uh, stuff with the team that was dysfunction. There was a lot of stuff with leaders that was in dysfunction. Um, but the truth is coming in, nobody knew me and they only knew me as a 23 year old kid that had never been a youth pastor. Hmm. So all I wanted to focus on was let me learn these people. Let me love these people. And then ultimately, hopefully that will earn me the right to lead these people. And so I didn't try to come in and say, here's exactly what we're doing. Here's, here's the whole plan. 
really, I tried to come in and love on people. And, and they were in a place where they kind of need to be inspired again, have some hope again. And then I wanted to say, hey, let me, let me bring that. And I told people all the time, you know, when I first came in too, we didn't have any budget as well. And so I, I just told people, hey, we're going to out relationship people. Like we're not going to be the coolest in town. We're yeah. not going to have everything, but we're going to out relationship people. And the thing I could bring to the table then was I didn't have kids. I was closer to the age of students at that time. And so I said, man, I can be on every campus I can possibly be on. I can go to Waffle House with kids. I can go to Chick-fil-A with kids. Like I can be uh, in their world and in their circle and get to know them. And as that began to happen too, then all of a sudden, guess who you begin to win over? Parents. Yeah. And then as you do that as well, guess what happens? The leaders go, hey, this guy cares because he's spending time. Like he's, he's spending time with our kids. He's showing up at what's going on. Um, but, but I would say just, just to someone coming into that situation, I, I would even say be open about the fact that you don't know it all and tell people, hey, I got no clue what I'm doing, but I'm going to give it all I got. Yeah. And because uh, I, I think that's where people run into it, because the truth is, I didn't know it all. And people can see through that. And if you come in acting like you know it all, then all of a sudden people see pride. They see arrogance. Then you're not willing to learn because you don't know it all. And then you can't move in the direction God wants you to move in. Man, I, that is such a huge lesson to learn is that you don't have to know it all. Mm-hmm. And it's OK to say that. Yeah. Because there are so many people, this is the the path that I took for a period of time was, I don't know it all. I know I don't know it all, but I feel like these people expect me to know it all. So I've got to fake it to the best of my ability. (laughs) And I've got to act like I know it all. And that was the wrong path to take. And uh, there were mentors in my life that helped correct that along the way. And there were some uh, lovingly critical parents that also helped correct me along the way in that. And so, I, man, I took some lumps my first years mm-hmm. because I did not have this lesson of, man, you don't have to know it all. And it's OK to say that like it's because oh, people mm-hmm. I, I had the wrong expectation of these people expect me to know it all. When in reality, mm-hmm. they know that I did. They knew I didn't know it all. And so if we could just mm-hmm. come together on, hey, I know that I don't know everything. And, you know, I don't know everything. Let's let's agree there. And, and we're going to learn together. I think I would have fared a lot better. So I think your advice there is right on the money of you can say, like, hey, I don't know everything about this, but I'm going to give it my all. And I'm, I'm going to win. I'm going to out relationship the situation. And to me, uh, Ben, I, I actually felt like it gives you more freedom to take chances and take risks yeah. um, because you, you're being open about, Hey, I don't know it all, but I'm going to try this. And people are willing to let you try things sometimes when they know that you're not claiming, Hey, this is, this is the way to the promised land. You know what yeah. I mean? They, mm-hmm. they know, Hey, that you're being willing to go. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but we're going to take a chance. And here's, here's the why behind that. Here's why we want to try it. Um, but also when you're, I had some really good, um, you know, I think for all people in ministry of all places too, when you come into a ministry, you kind of have to figure out who do you have to, who do you have to get in your corner? Mm-hmm. Who do you have to win over? And what guys do you need to get with to just ask advice and just to be a sounding board? 
Um, because most of the time they can, most of the time you can tell if something's going to go through or not go through before you ever get up and present it. Yeah. And so, you know, having those guys that you can run things by, and there were some really good guys here when I got here that were, that were super, super generous. Like there was one guy that was willing to take about 20 dads to lunch and pay for the lunch. And all they let me do was cast vision at that lunch. And, you know, that was a guy that was a great dude to have in my pocket because in those moments, I probably couldn't have gathered all of those guys. Yeah, that's right. But he could. And so I would have never been able to get him to a lunch. I, I was struggling to get him other places, but he had the influence mm. and he was able to come alongside and, and, and do that. And even when I moved to uh, the next general, uh, you know, moved to next generation. So there's preschool, there's kids, there's youth. Um, I didn't have any kids. And, and I remember like moving into that role and, and, you know, having, having somebody laugh in my face of you're going to be the next gen guy and you have no kids. Like, what is, you know, yeah. you can't do that. You know what I mean? And, and in my head I'm thinking, man, they're right. What does this look like? You know? And, but, but then in that role too, I had to think, what do I bring to the table? And, um, you Ben, you know, uh, Jeff Borton, you know, I called him one day and I just said, Hey, you know, what does this look like? And he told me something that's one of the best things that I've kept with me. He said, Hey, you don't have to be an expert on preschool ministry or kids ministry or youth, or youth ministry. Um, you just need to bring to the table what you bring to the table, which would probably be help all those people be better leaders, help them lead teams and help them lead more efficient and effective ministries and let them be the experts. That's why you've hired them in that yeah, role. That's right. And the truth is, if I was doing preschool ministry, I'd be miserable. If I was doing kids ministry, I'd be miserable. You know, like I, I don't have a clue how to run that. And so that's freedom too to go, Hey, I don't have to do everything. What, what is, what is the way I win? And so how do I come alongside this person? What can I bring to the table to help them? And, uh, but then again, in that role, I mean, there was people that I think, you know, I'd been in ministry maybe two years, you know, yeah. full-time ministry. And, and I've got people on my team that have had 20 years of experience. And so you're thinking, how do I do this? Um, but I, I think too, being being willing to listen to them and then see what you can bring to the table, and then as well um, praying and seeing where God is leading, what direction, and then even though it's fearful, um, not being afraid of having the hard conversations. Yeah. Um, in those moments, even though someone is older, even though someone may have, but doing it in the right way, yeah. and having that conversation in the in the right way with that person. I think over time as well uh, uh, helps you in the long run as well, but that can be a scary thing. Man, I want to pick out something that you said just a second ago and and get you to expand on it a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned some names, and clearly, mentors have played a big role in your life, uh, and mentors mm -hmm. have helped you accelerate your leadership quickly to catch up to the responsibilities that you've been given. So I'd love to hear you talk about the importance of mentors in leadership. I think um, I think it's so important. Um, and I think I think for anybody out there who's a young leader, um, whether it's, you know, mentors that you're calling on the phone or mentors through reading books and, and listening to podcasts and just soaking up all that you can to learn. You know, like if if we feel like we're too young, the reality is. Uh, or if we feel like we're stepping into something that we weren't quite ready for, then the truth is we got to grow. And the big thing for me too, is I always want to be growing because I never want it to outgrow me. So if the ministries grow, 
I've got to be growing or it's going to outgrow me. And uh, if uh, the next position comes, I've got to be growing or it's going to outgrow me. And a big thing for me has been picking up the phone and saying, who do I know who's been there before? Who do I know who's done this before? Who do I know that maybe has not done this certain ministry, but they just have wisdom in discerning a certain situation and how to respond. And one of the big things, even when I came here was, you know, and, and part of the conversation when I came, part of the reason they they hired me, Ben, was they said, hey, we, we know you don't know all the answers, but we know you know every guy who does know the answers, and you can pick up the phone and call them, and it. they know more than we know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, when I don't know, I'm just going to call this guy who, who's done it at this level, and this guy who's done it at this level. Yeah. And if it were not for those guys in my life and still in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. And um and I'm still calling those guys and I'm still calling other people and trying to to grow as much as I, I can all the time in, in all kinds of aspects. And that's why even like um, this past year, um, you know, I, I've done some random things like email people that I thought I may never get a response back. But it's it's led to uh, being able to go different places, like being able to go out to Saddleback and spend a few days out there with, with some of their lead team just because I sent a random email uh, yeah. because I just wanted to learn or go down to Lake Point in Texas where Josh Howerton is um, just to just to learn and grow and try to soak up as, as much as I can. And so to me, I told our team this today, I said, look, I'm okay with not being a first mover because for me, I know that the way my mind works, uh, whatever I come up with is probably not the first idea. Uh, it's probably not original as far as, you know, it's not the biggest new thing on the block. Um, but I'm okay with taking something that someone else has done and then saying, how does that fit in my context, in my ministry? And maybe not all of it works, but one third of it works. Yeah. And saying, how does it fit here? Because there's a lot of people out there that are smarter than me. I'm just an old country boy from Tennessee. And there's a lot of people whose brains work a lot better. So why not? Why not use what they're doing? Why not pick up the phone and call them? Why not, you know, reach out? And I, I think the biggest thing when you're young, and you know, Ben, I'm sure you experienced this, but I, I used to look when I was an intern, <laughs> and I used to think, like, I used to look at someone or, or where I was interning and think, you know, why don't they just do this? Or why don't they just do that? Or, yeah. you know, it's not that hard. And then I got in the role, and I was like, I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, and that's, that's the, why they the more, did that. <laughs> yeah. And, and the more, uh, you know, the more that I've moved up or the more that I've done or the more responsibility I've been given, I realize the less I know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, every time someone gives me more, I'm like, man, I, I had no clue. Like, and, and so I figure out what way more of what I didn't know. And, and for me, it's never like a, uh, you know, for me, it's always a Wow. I'm figuring out more and more, man, let me glean as much as I can at, at any level because I'm already experiencing how much I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Man, I, you know, we started the podcast by, you know, talking about mm -hmm. uh, young people that, 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 that you lead and have led. And when we're given responsibilities kind of above what we're ready for, but the reality is, and why another reason why I think this conversation is so important is that, that happens every time we're given a new role. Yeah, for it, sure. It is something that we're not quite ready for. And if we have the attitude of, man, I go in there and kill that. 
it, it's pro- there's probably a pride issue that's taking yeah. place and we're going to be in for a uh, a surprise if that's the attitude that we go that we go into it with yeah you're probably not going to take the time to learn i loved how you said you put it there we're not you're not going to take the time to to learn and love if we go into it with the attitude of oh it's just you know i know what i'm going to do in this situation i think context is so important so a uh, question i have for you kind of going along that but what are some of the lessons that you think people should look to learn quickly as they get into a new leadership position whether that's first-time leadership whether that's veteran moving into a new role what are some of the things that you've discovered like these are the the things that we need to to learn quickly as leaders yeah i I would say um you know and, and, and sometimes you're moving up from within an organization sometimes you're moving to a whole new organ you know a whole new church or organization as a whole um and so, you know, I would say that you've got to kind of learn the, the context and the culture uh, of that place. And you've got to learn uh, the people of that place as we've already hit. But, but you know, even deeper than that, sometimes sometimes I would say, man, you, you really got to learn the people you're working with and what makes what, what motivates them, what inspires them. And then learn, like, why do they respond sometimes to the way they respond to, to certain things? So for me, like when I first came in here there was like an event that had had gone on for years and I'm thinking, let's just, let's just kill the event. You know, let's just, let's just wipe it off the calendar. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 but we got this like wild response. Like it was like, you know, people did not want it to go a certain group, not a huge group, but a certain group. And, you know, when you start digging in deeper, you realize like, Oh man, this is like a sacred cow that's been, it's been here for, you know, 20 plus years, people have memories with this thing. People have, you know, kids and grandkids who went to this thing, you know, like it goes way deeper than the guy who came in six months ago. And so, and sometimes you're coming into a place and they're like, we've seen four of you, but this event has been here for 40 years. And so, you know, learning like, why does that draw such a response? Because once I learn how significant or insignificant or why people respond a certain way, then I'm able to go, not that I won't ever change it, but I'm able to then go and say, how do I get people to where I want them to be? How do I lead them through this change? How do I explain the why behind this? Same thing with staff. Uh, I mean, sometimes you'll have staff that respond a certain way or act a certain way uh, because of certain leadership before or because of certain seasons before or because of things that they've experienced. And if you don't learn what makes them tick or what makes them not tick or what makes them they're just like us. They have fears, they have concerns, they have insecurities. And so figuring out like, you know, what, where are they at? Why are they responding this way and that way? And how do I know them on a deeper level so that I know them? But I, but I think sometimes we can run into that new spot and we need to have vision, right? Without vision, the people, you know, perish in Proverbs and we need to have ideas and we need to have strategy. But at the same time, we've got to know that if we run in like a bull in a china shop with our vision and with our strategy and with our ideas, without having any clue of the context, the culture of the people, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. And then we've got to put ourselves in their situation. They feel like someone is just like rattling the cage. Yeah. And now they're all shook up and they're like, who is this guy? Like, we don't even know him. We got no clue what's going on. Yeah. And so I would say the biggest thing going in is like, you've got to learn, you know, what is the culture? What is my team like? What is the situation like? Because the other thing is you've got situations on that team already, people who might not jail, people who do jail, people that work better in other situations. And then once you don't know that, then you can start figuring out 
here's how I'm going to lead through it. Here's how I'm going to lead about it. And here's how, how I'm going to accomplish this vision or this strategy that God's placed in my heart in a way where they all think it's their idea just as much as my idea. Yeah. And they're all bought in. Yeah. Man, I, as you guys have listened to this episode and you've heard Sam, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Sam's leadership is based around relationships. Uh, I think from the way that he's talked and the way that he's answered, there's been a thread of relationship throughout, uh, throughout this whole episode. And um, Sam, I've observed that in you, unlike probably a lot of the podcast listeners, there will be some that know you, but uh, uh, unlike a lot of them, I've been able to see you uh, for a little while now and how you've led, and you've always been that way. And you've been close to people who led that way, who instilled in you at a young age, relational leadership is, is the path to take. Uh, and man, I, something I really respect about you. And I think it's been clear in your leadership. And at the end of the day, the conversation that we're having about when you've been given responsibility that you're not ready for relationships, win. and learning the people and earning the respect and the trust of the people will allow you to make mistakes. It'll allow you freedom like you talked about earlier, Sam. It'll allow you time to grow into learning the culture and learning some of the sacred cows and learning the why behind certain things if you take time to slow down and learn learn the people. So it's it all comes back to relationships. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it I think it does ultimately and and really I mean, you could even compare it to, you know, uh, you know, it's really discipleship, you know, and, and discipling to, to make more leaders. And so if your goal is to make the team that you have around you the best leader that they can be for the kingdom of God, then you have to have a relationship with them to pour into them to help get them to the next level. But I would, I would couple that as well, Ben, with the hardest part about that for me is I I, I love relationships and, and I can be a people pleaser to some degree. Mm. And so like the other day I got off the plane in Nashville and I had this guy that, that started going off on me on the plane because uh, my bag was on top of his bag and his glasses broke. And so oh. on the plane, I'm thinking, here I go. Like I'm about to get in a fight on the plane in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the headline now, local pastor, you know, fight on the airplane. And I just apologized and I left. But like later on in the day, in my mind, I start going, man, did I do something wrong? Like, do I need to find this guy? Do I need to call him? Do I need to apologize? You know, do I need to buy him new glasses? You know, and, yeah. and I think I think the hard part with that is when it comes to relationships, there are hard talks. There are conversations that are tough and there yeah. are moments where you have to go. I love this person, but they are hurting the church as a whole, the uh, ministry as a whole and the team as a whole. And, and then after so many hard conversations, sometimes you have to part ways. And I think that can be the hardest thing, but what can happen and, and you know this, but it's just, if you allow it because you do love relationships, then all your other relationships will get messed up and your whole team will be dysfunctional, not just that one person dysfunctional. Yeah. And I think as a young leader too, that's tough. Like no one told me like within, you know, no one told me about that side of it that, Hey, you're going to have those moments where you're going to have to make a hard call and it's going to keep you up at night and you're going to, 
you know, have to maybe say goodbye to someone that has a family. And but at the same time, we also have to balance God's given us a specific responsibility and privilege. And we've got to do the best we can to accomplish the mission he's given us. Um, but I think I think that stuff and that's a, I underestimated that as a young leader of just how how lonely it can feel sometimes. Yeah. Um, how, how hard it can be at times. Um, and and because, <laughs> you know, when you have to do that, because everything's built on relationships in the church, the lay people in the church, all they know is, hey, that guy came to my kid's ball game. That that guy called when someone was sick. You know, they didn't know about all the problems inside the office. Right. So then you're getting all the phone calls of other people upset at you. And you're like, man, it wasn't even my fault. You know, but you can't say that. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're just having to take it. Um, but I think I think that is the flip side of it that makes it so tough sometimes because you want everybody to win. You want to have relationships, but times where it just gets rocky. Yeah, man. I've, uh, I've heard people talk too about when there's a corrective conversation that has to take place, you know, somebody's not doing their job when, when you're a leader and you lead people that occasionally you will have that. Some of the hard conversations mm-hmm. that you mentioned, and I heard a really respected leader uh, talk about how it's actually loving to bring that to their attention and to correct in a gracious and straightforward way to correct them, to bring them around, to, to make them aware of maybe where they're falling short. And sometimes in Christian environments, we hesitate to have those hard conversations because we don't want to come across as unloving. But letting someone sit in a place where they're not living up to the expectations that are laid out is actually unloving. And the loving thing to do is to have the hard conversation. And that when I, I that changed the way I viewed I viewed those things It changed. It doesn't make it easier, but it does. Yeah. It does make it centered on the people. I want to help you get through this so that you can remain on the team and buy into vision and buy into where we're going. Uh, Sam, you mentioned uh, in that part of the conversation and leadership that it can be lonely sometimes and and it can be really hard. So uh, the last question I want to give to you is just kind of let you talk about like how you get through the loneliness part of leadership. Like what advice would you give to leaders who maybe are experiencing some of that leadership loneliness? What do they where do they go? What do they do? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, you know, first and foremost, you know, we've got to be, you know, alone with with God and we've got to spend that time with him and, and be filled up from him. Um, but then secondly, I'd say um, I, I would encourage people to, you know, have people in your church, definitely uh, that you can get with. Um, but have some guys out, outside the church like that, you know, nothing's going to get back or, back around. And so and maybe it's other guys in ministry. Um like I've got about three other guys. We get on a Zoom about once a week, and all three of them are in ministry. And um, that's kind of a place where we can it, it, it's open. Like there's no filter. There's you know, but it's all for the sake of two. Like not only ministry, but the husband we want to be, the man we want to be, yeah. uh, to live out the calling God has placed on our life. And I, I think if not, it, it can get real lonely, and um, especially when you're young in leadership because. As you as you move up fast, you realize no one's my everyone that's my age or, you know, in in my ballpark is in, you know, a different category of leadership. And so 
people don't always want to hang out with the boss and yeah, um, that's right. which makes sense. You know, they don't always want to hang out with the boss. And so you might be left out of that certain group or that certain uh, age. Um, and then as well, based on decisions you have to make, sometimes it can get lonely. And, and as you move up, you, you might be with a lot of people who are way older than you. And, and so it, it can get lonely and, and, and tough. And that's why I think it's so important to have those relationships that keep you encouraged, keep you going. Uh, remind you of the why as well. I would tell people out there, um, your spouse, you know, can get lonely. Um, yeah. And uh, I know when my wife first moved here, um, you know, it was hard for her to find uh, people. She was from a little small country church in uh, uh, outside of Cleveland, Tennessee. It's called Bucks Pocket, Tennessee. Okay. And so <laughs> the idea of a large church was like, what is this? You know, yeah. and, uh, and then she was used to being at home. And so, you know, even on that front, for some people, they're they're taking their their wife into a whole different ball game that they've never seen and uh, and don't know how it works. And so, uh, being intentional there as well. Yeah, man, I really appreciate uh, the time that you've given today to pour into to leaders through this through this environment. Mm-hmm. Nathan, any th- final words from you before we? No, thanks. I, I mean, I really appreciate everything you said about leadership. Just being honest and open. I think you're absolutely right. It really is. I, th- I think leadership to kind of quote and paraphrase Mike Taylor, I think also leadership moves at the speed of relationships. And I think you so aptly shown us that today. So Sam, man, thanks for giving time. Appreciate all you're doing uh, at Thompson station, but all you're doing for uh, environments beyond that. I know you minister in a lot of ways around the country and definitely through the podcast today. Thanks buddy. Hey, thanks guys. Hey, go Vols, Rocky top. Hey, I just want to jump in really quickly to mention something we have going on outside the podcast, and that is Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube. We've recently created a playlist of leadership videos that would follow along the same topic, but maybe takes a different approach or a different angle and some of the kind of student ministry 101 things that you need to know uh, to lead effectively in student ministry. So if you want to dive further into leadership, then you can head over to Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube and and follow along with that playlist as well as any of the other videos over there. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, Nathan, we're back. What uh, what stands out to you from our conversation with Sam? What are you walking away with? Yeah, I thought that was a great conversation. Uh, really put into words a lot of things I've thought through uh, from my own leadership journey along the way. But I really loved how he just talked about getting to know and learn the people. I found that that to be absolutely crucial. You've got to learn the culture. You've got to learn the context. If you can, if you win them with the relationship, then like he said, they'll be much more willing to help you try new things or change whenever you cast that vision. If you just come in as a, he, he used the bull, bull in a china shop, I would say if you just come in and try to bulldoze people out of the way, you know, it, it's just not going to go well. You may have the right vision, you may have the right strategy, but you didn't, even if it's successful in the end and we lost all the people, is that really success? And I would say no. Yeah. So, man, that's a great point. And I, when you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing. Like you can have the right strategy and the right vision, but if there aren't any people there to hear it, you've moved too fast. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, man, I would say the same thing. Um, he's just knowing Sam for a while and have been in some, in some small group environments with Sam and getting to know him. And uh, I'm friends with the mentors that he mentioned. Like he has just been a relational leader a strong leader in any environment he stepped into. Like he's just, Mm -hmm. he's a gifted leader. And I think to hear him talk about uh, 
what it's like to lead without experience for the level of leadership that you've been given is a really important thing for people to hear because we're we all have that experience at some point in our lives yep. uh we are given more responsibility than we have the leadership uh ability mm -hmm. to do and so yep. you've got to learn and grow mentors are a part of that but just learning the learning the culture and loving and learning the people is what stands out to me too and he's exampled that in every leadership environment i've ever seen him in. so yeah. he's not just saying stuff this is no. a guy that <laughs> he's living what he's talking about yep i love how he is quick to pick up the phone and ask for help yeah i think that's crucial yeah absolutely all right everybody thanks for listening to the student ministry podcast by lifeway bye <laughs> <laughs>